Hey everybody, this is JP. And the Brian. And we just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up before the podcast got started. This recording went pretty darn long. I had a lot of really good conversation with our guest Justin Wood from AskAMetalhead.com. Yeah, so we decided to split this up into two podcasts. Yeah, so, so the, we're going we're gonna to cut it you know, a little ways in, hopefully well, <laughs> yeah. to choose a good spot. But, but yeah, it, it ended up going really long, and we didn't want to stop the good conversation that we were having. And so we decided to just, just let it go until it was done and just cut it right in half. So, yeah. so you guys go ahead and enjoy the first half of the metal cast, and uh, then we'll return next week to finish it out. Thanks so much for listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. Welcome back to Geek Life, Panamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me are my fearless co-host, LeBrian. I take full responsibility for the last two podcasts being out late. <laughs> oh, all right. I see. And Joe. And I take full responsibility for not being present at the last two podcasts. Well, I guess that is kind of your fault. That is. My it really is. It is. I blame it that is. one on you. <laughs> I lost my voice, actually. Oh. I could probably which would, would probably not have worked very well. Yeah, I could probably have snapped or you know stomped my feet give you, twice. Give you like a yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just give you like a little drum. What do you think, Joe? One for you know, knock one for yes and two for no. Yeah. We need to put Joe in the studio and get a whole bunch of pre-recorded responses, so we can do the Joe bot. <sighs> yes. Oh, oh no. Oh my god, I could call a lot of people with that one. <laughs> oh dear. I don't think even Chaplin could have pulled off a silent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Also with us today, we have the admin. And I take full responsibility for missing the last podcast because I physically couldn't open or close my mouth. And <laughs> and also we have Long. the Ape Henry. And I take no responsibility for that. <laughs> we have a special guest with us today from the Ask a Metalhead podcast, which you can find at askametalhead.com. Justin. Hey. What's up, guys? Thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast, yeah, man. Thanks for having so me. glad to have you here. We've been enjoying your company even before the podcast. So well, you <laughs> can tell the ga- the guests because they have uh, a normal response. Hi, guys. Meanwhile, everybody's like, "I will destroy you." <laughs> uh, yes, so good. Anyway, so today we're talking about movies, and because we have Justin on the podcast, appropriately, we'll be talking about metal movies. You didn't introduce. Yeah. I did. Yeah, you oh, did. did you? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Edit that one out. He took no oh. responsibility for your lockjaw. Oh, right. Which Jesus I would Christ. never fucking admit to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be standing proud and be like, that was all me. That was best. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I just have a weird jaw and it went out the last time, so. It happened It happened in Europe. It's another story for another time. Oh, wait. Which, oddly enough, is actually something I did. So. <laughs> it's not as sexy as you no. think. No. It's not Wrong a sexy story. Podcast, but we apparently. digress. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Shit. We will Back to that the one out. and digressions okay. podcast. So like I was saying, we're talking about movies and metal movies in particular because we have Justin with us today and it was originally going to be a tops list or you know maybe everybody shared their favorite ones, but we really just compiled a good list because there's a lot of good things to say about a lot of the different movies. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking forward to hearing what Justin has to say about each one. So we're just going to kind of have a conversation about, you know, maybe 10, 10 or so just really good metal movies. However many come up, I guess. Right? Exactly, exactly. But first, a little housekeeping. First up on housekeeping, well, actually pretty much the only thing on housekeeping, this coming weekend we're going to be at the SAC Con. 
That is the Sacramento's Comic Toy and Anime Show. It is at the Scottish Rights Center in Sacramento, of course. And this is going to be coming up this Sunday, June 2nd. We will be there enjoying ourselves, having a good time, goofing around. Hopefully we'll be there in a press capacity. I haven't heard back from them yet at the time of this recording, but I'm pretty confident we'll get our press passes and oh, yeah, be in there, sure. putting microphones in people's faces and being annoying and having a good time. We'll probably do that anyway. Yeah, we'll, we would do that anyway. <laughs> it's nice to have press passes because you can just skip lines. And oh, it's yeah. so much fun to have press passes. It is. It's it's like it's like a terrible power trip of yeah. awesome. <laughs> do people, do, do, like at the SACCON, do they dress up and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cosplayers oh, yeah. are everywhere. Dang. Yeah, SACCON, SACCON's actually a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's become really kind of our little con. home con. Yeah. It's, it's very inexpensive. It happens real regular, like like three times or more a year. Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Also, there are great guests. Like we had one of the inkers from Batman last yeah, time. Yeah, that like, was amazing. like a current run Batman. That we had the inker from that there, which was really awesome. Yeah, is he the guy that traces? He is. The, oh, he's the tracer. He's the the tracer. Yeah, <laughs> but although he was that, a good guy. Yeah, although to be fair, no, he was <laughs> actually so really, he gave this great it lecture. Takes, trust me, it takes an amazing amount of talent. Yes, it was it, a reference yeah. to uh, uh, what is it? Chasing Amy. Yes, or one of mm-hmm. those. Mall rats or something. Chasing Amy is such a good movie. I love that movie. Yes. So make sure to come and see us at the SACCON. Hopefully we'll meet you there and hang out and uh, talk and all that fun stuff. Um, again, that is this coming Sunday, June 2nd. You can find more information about SACCON at sac-con.com. And that's it for housekeeping. This week's Indie Spotlight is The Graveyard Gang by, and I'm going to butcher your name here, I'm sorry, probably, Rich Klaba. Hopefully that was right. Klaba. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were trying to figure out exactly how to say your name, Rich, and, and, and we decided collectively that it should be Kabong. El Kabong. El Kabong. It's close enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the Graveyard Gang is this great little story about five, five friends, right? Five friends, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. So it's about five friends. It's it's sort of like uh, kind of like a little kid Scooby Gang sort of thing. The way that I saw it is like a paranormal little rascals. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I agree spanky. with that. Yeah, absolutely. This is it's a really fun comic. It's it's really well <laughs> Kill the original alfalfa. <laughs> uh, that would actually work. There is, who who do you think would be alfalfa in this one, you guys? Oh, uh, I don't know. Buster, right? Yeah, the one that sort of has soap that they his mom makes and puts soap in his mouth. But there I don't go. remember. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be. Yeah, probably. For mm. me. <laughs> okay. Either way, it's actually a really, really entertaining comic. It's like a story comic, though. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's definitely not. It's definitely a not like a yeah exactly. It's episodic, right? There's yeah. episodes. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. I think there's three three issues right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Out each one is a little over twenty pages. I mean, up to twenty seven. Last and, one is issue three is only twelve pages. Twelve though. pages. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it's you know, not a but Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's not like a weekly pop joke one. It's not not a self-contained joke strip every time. It's right. It's most definitely like a ongoing story. I think that's probably the best way to explain it. It's not a comic strip. It's yeah. a you know, there's definitely a story. There. Yeah, it's like an overarching narrative exactly. going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that first stood out to me is that there seems to be really good chemistry between the characters. You mm-hmm. know. And that's and that's really important, obviously, if you're going to have like a gang of people hanging out all the time and going on adventures together and solving mysteries and that sort of stuff. Like it's going to be important for them to, you know, fill sort of like those classic roles and be able to have that fun interplay and goof around. And, yeah, you know, they not, did a really good job of that, I think. Yeah, it's not uh, like they 
the characters went around and was like, hey, we're starting a gang. We need the fat kid, the skinny kid, the right. kid with chicken pox. Exactly, right. yeah. yeah. The minority kid, the dog. Hey, the it all colors. works as one person. What was that, Henry? <laughs> they're not wearing the same I, yeah. uh, they're, they're not even technically a gang. They, 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 they have no uniformity. There's no... Yeah, what are their gang colors? Come on yeah. now. <laughs> I haven't seen any... In, there's no single panel where they flash each other a gang sign either, so... <laughs> wait, wait. No, this one might... No, wait. Never mind. <laughs> So, obviously, I'm fairly new, and I'm using my invisible quote fingers, that you can but I'm fairly new back, back in the comics. When I was a kid, I read comics, and we, we were talking about a little bit earlier. You know, I'm sort of not, I'm not an anti-superhero guy, but I'm not, I generally tend to read comics that aren't superhero-based. Which is understandable. And not for any other reason. I don't resent them. I don't, I think it's part of my personality. I look for more, for me, they're not disinteresting, but sure. I just think that they've, there's other things that I look for, right? So- I know there's some familiarity with this. For example, you know, one of the characters is like a little werewolf. And immediately I thought of the monsters. Oh, uh, right away. He has yeah. that sort of monsters look like very like much the monsters, you know. And then one of the characters is little brother there, you know, in the very first series they're looking is for. It, is it Piccolo? I think that's yeah. what it yeah. is. He gets revealed sort of towards the end of it. And I, I hope it's okay to, you know, but spoiler alert, <laughs> right. he, he pops out and I'm like, oh my God, it's Bob's big boy. Which right. Like, yes. You know, for, it was like it's. You know, I used to go eat there when I was a kid, and you know, you rub his belly, and um, so I, there's. You know, it's very. Um, That's what you did. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> guy. So. Um, and so some of it, like I thought that was very, like I, I think I'm not sure if he's an older guy who's writing it or not, but I definitely there's references that I got. Sure. That I thought was cool, and so you know, I particularly really liked the second episode or the second story. Right. Out of the three, of what, the now what was that one? What was that story so this about is, again? Um, it's it has to do with the lighthouse, and so they are helping the guy that tends the lighthouse. There's these ghost ships that are out in the water, and it's really about getting the sailors, allowing the sailors to come home, which I thought was kind of touching. Sure, like, there was sure. a part. There was, so you have this sort of like Scooby Doo ish kind of. It's really like Scooby Doo meets. I think you explained it best. The not the not, I don't know if it's a little rascally to me. It's more Scooby Doo meets. Um, Oh, I can't think of it. Archie? Archie. Yeah, sort of, I think. Mm. Uh, but And so, you know, there's sort of like, you know, if it wasn't for those meddling kids, like that's not there. <laughs> right, but right. But there's always some little subcurrent of bad going on, and they sort of help. They sort of kind of thwart the bad guy, whether even by accident, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So, Anybody else have some uh, things I want to talk about, you know, story-wise particularly, before we move on to talking about the art a little bit? Um. Yeah. I mean, one thing that really jumped out at me was the very – Archie-esque kind of style of presenting the story. Sure. You know, you've got, we were talking about it a little bit before about the little like introductions for each character. (laughs) I don't know. It was very wholesome, I think is the right word for this. That's what I kind of liked about it because the story takes place in the thirties and thus both the art style and kind of the delivery style of the content was very thirties-esque. Yeah. One that really made me giggle is, uh, the the tough kid I, it's Buster right yeah yeah so. yeah he I think it's when he first sees the zombie in the first one he's like holy shit and the girl says hey don't use that kind of language in front of me right and, but, and but she turns around and says holy shit <laughs> right right yeah exactly, exactly and I love that the shit is bleeped out. Oh, yeah. There was another yeah. one where they're saying, like, that's bleeping huge, right? And it's like, <laughs> that's X, the asterisks. Yeah. And, and, and. <laughs> it was at sign, pound, percent, dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> 
which somehow classic. translates of course that's funny that's what i say when i'm going to say shit in front of people that shouldn't hear me say shit <laughs> oh at <laughs> oh pound sign parentheses <laughs> exclamation <laughs> that's what i'm going to do to you later on baby <laughs> Oh, man. One thing that stood out to me right away, I mean, just within the first couple panels, is that some of the kids have a pretty strong East Coast accent. Mm-hmm. Like, did you guys yeah, catch yeah. that? Yeah. Which is yeah. hilarious because, okay, for those of you that don't know, I was born in Boston, spent the first couple years of my life in New Hampshire, have friends and family still back East, and I'm very familiar with that accent, and it's hilarious. And every time I go visit them, I have to kind of shake it off when I get back home because <laughs> it just creeps in. And that just cracked me up to have these characters have such a strong East Coast accent. It was very identifiable. And at first I was kind of like, wait, is this misspelled? No, 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 no. That's that's on purpose. That's, that's how they what say is that? It. And then I read it out loud. And I was like, that's an East Coast accent. That's all Massachusetts. I get it. All right. Yeah. You know, I'm also I'm not sure how I feel about the werewolf being Mexican. You know, being really Mexican, yeah. really yeah. Mexican, like, no. e- even like broken English yeah. Mexican. You know, like, there, there's a precedence just a for that. little bit. Yeah. But if you a little speedy Gonzalez in there. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the wolf kids were actually from Mexico. So there's a reason for it. I can yeah, because he's not uh, yeah, a werewolf. Sure. He's a wolf boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, right. Just extra hairy. I, but I guess what it not is. A, is not just, a dog boy. Because no, he corrects that yes, shit right in a hurry. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want to be thought of as a dog boy. I'm a wolf. Yeah, Damn straight. If you're going to be something. Yeah. Just the. Yeah, just the really heavy accent. It, it kind of well, hell, at the very it was an interesting it, choice. I don't know if like I, I said, did. I don't or know didn't how like I it. feel about it. It's right. just it's kind of like, was this a good direction or not? It's you know, well, when they introduced him, like the other guy, what was it Skeeter? What was the other person? Oh, name? the magician kid. The magician, Presto, 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 Preston. When they introduce him, Presto is basically like, okay, good. You have a good grasp of the basics of the English language now. So, yeah, which, and for right, some reason, right. they're teaching him English in a graveyard by reading gravestones. That's like the most macabre English class I've ever heard of. I don't know. I'm kind sweet. of okay with that. Yeah, but that's just like, <laughs> I know. I'm just, I understand that it's supposed to take place in that, and that makes sense. And I guess kids that are, I don't even know, but just when I saw that, I was kind of like, that's an interesting reason to be in the graveyard. Like, all right. Especially since the town probably has a library. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, I get this sinking suspicion that this town's got a lot of graveyards in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, was it Gravesport? Yes. Yeah, yes. Gravesport, yeah. <laughs> well, the reason why, you know, in the very first couple of pages, you see two thieves and they came to that town specifically because of all the graveyards. So. Right. Exactly. Oh, wrong. Yeah, hit the mother load. Mm-hmm. So good. Right. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the art from the graveyard gang. One thing that stood out to me immediately, immediately, was the color scheme. Uh, the The palette was so good. Like, I really, really, really like the palette. There's some excellent, excellent pages where the backgrounds are almost monochromatic. I mean, they're not really monochromatic. There's there's enough variance in there that you couldn't technically call it monochromatic, but it, it gets darn near close to monochromatic, and they're gorgeous. Right. The, the fact that the lines for the background pieces aren't black. Yeah, I was so just going to say out. that. So That's like, a really you got, you got characters and maybe certain certain items like there's uh, like the like the shovel in the very beginning mm-hmm. actually has that traditional contour like outline illustration in black but then almost everything else is just a darker version of whatever the, the color that this item is composed of so they're in the graveyard the graves are this you know this like nice dark like kind of you know bluish cool gray 
And then it's just a darker version of that color that makes the outline. So there's still an outline. It still has that nice, clean, cartoony sort of illustrated look. Yeah, all the details there. It's right, just, but the it, characters pop focus, yeah. so hard in yeah. comparison to the background, which is awesome. And right. it is just well-colored. Oh, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's really well came I've read a lot of web comics that are just, you know, pick-and-place colors in Photoshop. But, you know, this... I mean, it's a very obviously a custom palette, very yeah. obviously chosen carefully. Yeah, this was a thorough job coloring. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that uh, I thought was kind of interesting was even though that this is a web... Well, let's back up here. Is this supposed to be a comic that would be available for print as well, or do we know? Well, you know, at the very top of the page, it says, The Spooky Comic Book You Can Read Online. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking as well. I just wanted to make sure that somebody else picked up on that as well. The fact that they stay... I mean, like, I tried to open the store just now, and it says that it's currently under maintenance, so I'm not really sure what that means. But, but something that's as well-developed as this, that's got enough issues out, I guarantee you he's going to conventions with paper right. versions of it. Well, the thing that I was going to bring up was the fact that he chose to keep this in an original comic book format yeah. uh, for the web. I, I personally find that a little bit difficult to read. I have a dual monitor set up, and on my slightly smaller monitor, I'd have to scroll a lot right. to actually get through the page, and I hate doing that, so I had to actually pull it over to my main work monitor in and order actually to pay attention page. to it. Well, no, 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 it's not world. even that. Problems. Well, right. problems. <laughs> As I bitch about reading it on a tablet, right? right, right. Well, I mean, at least the tablet is a proper format. You know, you could turn the tablet on its side and it'll make sense. But for a monitor, you know, I've got a nice widescreen mo- monitor. Most monitors are widescreen these days. And that was one of the things we were originally concerned about and spent a lot of time carefully choosing the format we we're going to use when we're talking about the comics that we host right. on or the comics that I personally draw on pandamanga.com. It's, it's an interesting thing because... It's like, how much do you want to commit to a particular medium? Do you want to commit to computer really heavily because it's obviously going to be a widescreen thing? Or do you want it to... See, I'm kind of of two minds of this because the idea of having widescreen comics sounds like a really good idea and it works really well because you can you can make them fill the whole screen mm-hmm. but and still be able to like understand all the content on there. Like You can have a 1300 pixel wide comic that's a widescreen comic. And it looks really good and nice and it's still intelligible. Mm-hmm. But if you make a comic like Terrible Suicidal Monkey Machine right. on our site, I was playing with having the light box open up to 1300 pixels wide, which is what we have with everything else. But his is a normal kind of traditional vertical comic. It's impossibly huge when you try and bring it up to that three, you know, 1300 pixels. And so it doesn't really work. Right. But at the same time, if you have almost a thousand pixels wide, which you can totally do, and it's still understandable, you know, it's the internet. You can scroll. I mean, you know, it's like, are we complaining yeah. about websites that don't all fit above the fold, as they say? You know, no, well, right? Well, but it, it's not like one continual piece. That's that's kind of my thing. There are a few comics that I used to be really dedicated to earlier on, and eventually lost interest just because the format wasn't appealing. You know? Yeah, I can see that. My only comment here is: Do you lean towards the? viewer or do you lean towards the reader right so what is the format that you're looking at it on and these days i think uh, and i have a website so you know you have to be mobile friendly you have to be you know web friendly 13 different browser friendly but i think to myself i think also think about your who's your prime viewer of this it's somebody who reads i would think reads comic books right and so i liked that it's a comic book layout Mm -hmm. but my comment would be and even just naively right this is uber nitpicking, but I would love to see something like this that's very tablet friendly because I'm waiting for the page to load. I'm waiting for the ads to load. I'm waiting for all of this other content mm-hmm. to load. Whereas I'd almost wish it was sort of just the panel you know, itself or each page with panels. Yeah, you know, I really think that it's neat that certain webcomics are starting to sell 
ebook versions of their stuff. Yeah, I was just thinking about you know? what you were showing me this last week. Yeah, it's it's not it's really nice for that to be available. And a lot of the time ebooks, especially in the independent community, they're much less expensive than the, their paper counterparts. Mm-hmm. For some reason in like the the normal media world, they seem to get away with electronic versions being as expensive, almost as expensive as yeah. the brick and mortar sort of store style, you know, products, yeah. which I think is fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, in the in the indie world, it doesn't seem to be that way. And a lot of the time, you can pick up a book that's got you know fifty something pages for three bucks. Mm-hmm. What was the last one we reviewed? Yuki versus Panda, mm-hmm. seventy four pages. Was, yeah, seven almost eighty pages, and it was two ninety nine, three ninety nine, <laughs> something like that. And it's like that's okay. I'll pay that. Sure, you know why not? Well worth it. Yeah. So I mean, I think that that's something that's that things are moving towards a lot is that the, the ease of being able to distribute and monetize something like that that's a good way to go really mm-hmm. good way to go instead of just doing the classic like well we'll we'll make some money on this when we take it to the conventions and spend money to print them out and hope people actually buy them mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of thing yeah well you know the collectors will still buy the paper but yeah it's going to be good to actually have profit coming in <laughs> sure around sure when you're not in convention season yeah absolutely also, you you never risk your uh, your goods being damaged in a storm or being stolen at a con. Yeah, or- that's for sure. And the overhead on it is not that much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the problem with doing any type of media like that, shirts, comic books, I assume is they get cheaper with volume. But when you buy volume, you're, you risk losing money on it. Right. Absolutely. So was there anything else we wanted to say about the Graveyard Gang before we move on? Maybe where to find it? Yes. Yes. You can find... The Graveyard Gang at thegraveyardgang.com. Follow them on Twitter at graveyard underscore gang. And then you can find their Facebook page by searching for The Graveyard Gang. I like the original names for all the things. It makes it easier. <coughs> what do you mean? It just stays with its own name. It doesn't have like three different names. You're right. You know, it's like they went and did it all at once. Yeah, it's a nice to, Well, you know, sometimes it's just not available. We tried to get brand recognition across everything, and it was, Panda Manga was not available. I mean, I was blown away that Panda Manga was available as a .com, net, and org. I was like, oh, I'm buying that. That's amazing. But then everywhere else I go, I can't seem to get that except for Tumblr. It's the only one that I was able to get it on. Do you ever check out who has that handle? Well, you know, a lot of the time it's somebody sitting on it. Oh, God, that drives me nuts. Always. It's always you fuckers. It's so <laughs> frustrating. We have no love for people who do that. Excuse me. That's really like obnoxious. Like the dude who has a bag of dicks dot com? Yes, yes. Yeah. Somebody needs to drop that now. Drop Just that floppy so bag of dicks. <laughs> drop it directly on the So, so those of you that are wondering what the hell we're talking about, we'd watched a Louis C.K. stand-up thing, and he talks about some guy driving by him, getting mad because he cut him off, and he goes, "Eat a bag of dicks!" And he like drives by, and we're we're sitting around talking, being like, "I wonder if somebody has that dot com." Like that would be hilarious. And so we look it up, and sure enough, somebody owns bagofdicks.com which is really frustrating because we would have purchased that well i yeah i guess so yeah, i don't even know i was mostly to. just morbid curiosity to find out but then the best part was that we're sitting around and somebody i looked it up and somebody's like so do they have it i'm like nah some asshole sitting on it and <laughs> sitting on a bag of dicks <laughs> and there was that pause and then everybody started just cracking up yeah. and then we're like wait who is it would you guys remember the name sean something sean we- sitting on a bag of dicks.com man Guy. Anyway, moving on. We've talked about that several times. Yeah. <laughs> because it's one. good, not so clean fun. Just, just wait. One of these days, the owner of bagadicks.com is going to hear our podcast and be like, well, I guess it's time, it's to, time pass to pass the it. flame of a bagadicks.com. <laughs> oh, or maybe God. he'll thank us you for really... getting recognition out there so he can get more money for it. Oh, shit. You really don't want fire near your bag of dicks. 
Oh god. What's, what's better than a bag of hot cock? Oh wow, moving oh. on, moving on, moving on. Well, before we get into our segment for the night, we're going to take a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll talk about metal movies. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. Welcome back. This podcast is sponsored by Audible. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash geeklife to get your free audiobook download and free one-month trial of their excellent service. They have over 100,000 different titles available on pretty much anything you could possibly listen to an audiobook on. Anything. 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 Yes. Anyway, so we like to give you guys a little suggestion for your free book, and Joe has been recently listening to something, and he thinks that you guys should check it out. What was it that you recently heard? So I read one of the funniest damn You read things. slash listened to? I can never I decide <laughs> whether to say I'm reading. I'm Because it sounds weird. To say, so I'm listening to The Hunger Games. And, what? I'm hearing it's the like Hunger I, I Hunger hired Games. this chick to read it for me. Uh, she's not good. The Hunger Games one. But, <laughs> you know, I became kind of attached to her. I, I listened to the trilogy as well. Yeah, not uh, a fan. Not a fan. Really? No. Wow. Not a fan. <laughs> Wait, of, of the books or the uh, narrator? Of the narrator. Really? Not a fan. No, her her manly voices always, well, then I'm a manly man. Okay. It sounds really But dumb. if you listen to enough audiobooks, and I've gone through a ton of men doing female roles. 14. You yeah. get a lot of it. Yeah, I know. 14 was the best. Yeah, there's, I, some still... guys, there's some guys who can do it, but man, women are... Just can't seem to do man voices without making us sound like assholes. Well, you do. Okay, here's the thing: in order to do a good, uh, a good, no, it's not that. In order to do a good manly voice, you kind of need, you know, balls. So uh, I'm so I'm so glad. The first thing I'm investigating of. into this is this is really say interesting. <laughs> Anyway, so this book, Joe, this yes. book, back so, at the point. Let so, me just make one. I just got to, I have to okay. interject. I just got to interject on the balls thing, okay? <laughs> what perhaps, do you to put your balls in? Perhaps we can make a suggestion. In the veterinarian world, there are these things called nudicles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Various sizes. Which, which you can get for your dog if you've had them fixed. Yep. And so perhaps you could put them in a nice little leather sack Wear them in your pants as like fakies and then try recording. I think it would and work. See if it boosts your you know, little since testosterone, we're, since like, we're, like, a, like a placebo testosterone. Yeah, right. Since we're going placebo. kind of off topic here, I've always had a secret fantasy of giving a pit bull chihuahua fake balls. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yes, so good. Those things Vice bounce. Versa. <laughs> oh, no. 
Yeah. See, oh, I've I seen go, small like, dogs with I big balls, a, but so big So I have dogs a Chihuahua pug mix, but it's oh, a that female. Must be great if it was a male, with. I would put fucking great dang nuts on that thing. <laughs> oh, yes, I would. You know, I don't think the genders should stop you. Well, <laughs> put the truck nuts on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. I get the feeling that this would get you in trouble with a wife. She'd probably have to walk with one of those little, you know, when those like little dog wheelchairs, you know, like when they when they get hit by cars, they get hit by cars, and they get like your dog gets fucked up and its back legs don't work anymore, and so they have the little like walker. So people would be, I'd be walking down the street with my little chihuahua with his fourteen pound balls and his little walker, and I'm sure. Well, I'm six two, and they're not probably going to say anything to me. But. That would be the most <laughs> metal be- thing anybody could ever possibly Only if see. Only had a dog collar that was spiked, and his name was Killer. <laughs> so, Dang. so anyway, oh, man. I'm sorry, I digress. So, thank you, Audible, for putting up with us. All right, Joe, follow <laughs> that one. Tell us about your non-dog ball book. <laughs> Try. So, so yeah, no, what, what was this book? Red Shirts by John Scalzi, narrated by Mr. Will Wheaton. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. downloading this tonight. Okay. Yeah. So I can see where this is going. So, this, I was cracking up the whole time. Anyone who's a Trekkie, or at least even a sci fi fan who knows a Trekkie and will laugh at them occasionally, because I. Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm Don't talk that. shit about Star Trek. It's a good thing that Winchester isn't here. You would be dead. Yeah, murder would be happening. Yeah. I'm a Star Wars. I think you're either Star Trek or Star Wars. And you're, Star, you're a Star, Star Wars, Wars guy? Star Wars. Yeah. Star, Wars Star, Wars. Because Star Wars is a space Had a narrative? There, there could be love I'm a Last Starfighter guy. Look, I have a lot of... Ooh, good choice. <laughs> last excellent. Starfighter. Choice. Excellent choice. <laughs> I'm a the Navigator kind of guy. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm that's a na- that's like the thing. Back in the day, the I had a pirated VCR copy of... <laughs> It wasn't pirating back then. That's it was, true. It was just it was just, it was just, it was just recorded it, off recorded. of TV. Exactly. It was just a VHS mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the VHS mixtape. And it was The Last Starfighter followed by Flight of the Navigator. Mm. Those Which two movies go to, are... go together beautifully. Yeah, they, they go do. together beautifully. They are like inseparable to I me. don't know. Navigator and The Explorers was my duo. Is The Explorers the one where they take the clown, they have the car and they put a yeah. bubble around it yeah. and, and it's Joaquin go, Phoenix? A uh-huh. That's a great movie. I, I, so I was literally good. just thinking about the green aliens at the end of that movie just now thinking yeah. what the hell is the name of that movie oh, I yeah. love that the movie Explorers The Explorers oh my god I was movie so night. pissed movie off night. that I could not engineer something like that <laughs> <laughs> it's like how does this kid get this it took me forever to figure out in The Last Starfighter that the clone wasn't actually him I saw this that, <laughs> really oh, what? That's, that's pretty funny when I was like five or six and it is like, why is he? Why is he so weird looking? In this? Why does he pull his head off? Yeah, and it's like, what, what's happening? Isn't he in space? <laughs> and, and, it was too complicated. And this for is you. why Henry is not a sci-fi fan. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's let's get back. Let's look. get back yeah. to, let's get back to red shirts. So, so red shirts. So, so I'll, Wheaton. I'll read you the uh, the description. Ensign Andrew Dahl has just been assigned to the Universal Union capital ship Intrepid. Flagship of the Universal Union since year 2456. It's a prestige posting, and Andrew is thrilled to be assigned to the ship's xenobiology laboratory. Life couldn't be better until Andrew begins to pick up on facts that, one, every away mission involves some kind of lethal confrontation with alien forces, two, the ship's captain, its chief science officer, and the handsome Lieutenant Kerensky always survive these confrontations, and three, at least one low-ranking crew member is sadly always killed. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Slight spoiler. 
because I'm sure you probably figured it out. They figure out they're on a television show. Nice. And the rest of the book is them figuring out how to deal with the fact that they're on a television show and the writers are are killing somebody on a weekly basis. They figure out that there's a pattern to how to survive an episode. That's awesome. (laughs) Like when the narrative takes control of what's going on around them. They'll notice that the captain and first officer get really dramatic and start doing long pauses, looking off into the distance. (laughs) That's awesome. And to get the f*** away from them when this happens. Exactly. Nice. And to avoid away missions at all costs. Oh, wait. I think I've heard about this book. Is it one of the things that they're supposed to do is look really busy at one point? Like Yes. Always be busy doing something else. Right. So that the the captain doesn't come and talk to you. Yeah. And oh man, I laughed all like five, so good. five hours listening to this. I, there's times I it was pretty short then. It was pretty short, mm-hmm. but there's times I was almost late for work because I'm sitting in my car. Just, just all right, I gotta stitches. finish this chapter. <laughs> so good. One of the best audiobooks I've gotten to listen to so far. So what was the title again? This is Red Shirts by John Scalzi. I'm gonna have to check that out now. Audible, I've heard of it, but you can listen to it. It's I'm assuming it's just like everything else. There's an app for, for pretty much everything. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna check this your, out. On I a have, computer even. I'm yeah, gonna check so it out. Audible Audible is a ebook service oh, that okay, is okay. through Amazon. I'm gonna check it out on my A-track. It's, really it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash geek life to get a first month free and a free audiobook download. Well, bam. <laughs> yeah. So it can do much sale. better than uh, red shirts. Yeah, red shirts a good is a good place to start. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Well, on to today's subject. Today's subject, of course, is movies. And because Justin's here, we're talking about metal movies. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when we were preparing for this podcast and hanging out beforehand, talking, we were wondering, like, how it is that we would define something that fits into this category? Because there's movies that are about metal there's movies that are parodying metal there's movies that are like a documentary about different bands and it's, artists and and then the movement itself and the fans it's like so how does that movies just have a metal like soundtrack? soundtracks yeah some just like yeah just are metal inspired soundtracks it's like right. what what is a metal movie so well, i don't know let's kind of, let's talk a little bit about that sure so so what you know how would you like if i said you know what's some of your favorite metal movies obviously you put a list down for us like, what was the criteria that they had to fit for them to make it onto that list? I think the general theme of the movie had to be representative of what the metal, like something in metal, like metal culture. And as we go through the list, you'll see many of them are caricatures, you know, or. Absolutely. And so <laughs> it's not necessarily the best representation of us as metalheads, but you are who you are. and. I mean, there's, there's got to be sort of common eccentricities of, oh, of, of any kind. I mean, of there's group. stereotypes they can, for everything. They can characterize yeah. it, and mm, make it exaggerated a little bit, right. but it probably comes from some, in some way, from truth. Well, certainly, yeah. certainly. And so, I mean, it's sort of like you're always. It, it's almost always being the bad guy in a way, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's always like you know this. I, I guess I would see it like if you were doing a gang movie. There wouldn't be probably a lot of, I don't know, middle class gingers in the gang, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, probably not. There's not a no. bunch of like, yeah, boy. What about West Side Story? Well, I never saw that. So, oh, I mean, they were Italian, right? So, it's a different kind they of game. But Italian. I'm talking about like colors. You know, like, there's yeah. not, there's like uh, one well, guy, well, right? The one guy was Polish, but. 
Yeah. yeah. They were the white kids. I guess the point yeah. I'm trying to make is when Hollywood, quote fingers again, makes a movie about metal, it's generally a bunch of idiots with long hair going, dude, a bunch. I mean, Ted's excellent adventure, right? <laughs> right? Somehow they become surfers. Exactly. Like, you know, mm. but then, then again, if you think about some of the best characters and that's a perfect example, you know, Spicoli in fast times, original high, <laughs> right? clearly a metalhead. Oh yeah. Or actually yeah. he's more like a hippie. I right. mean, there's yeah, a big uh, well, got Van Halen difference. to play at his uh, birthday yeah. party. But it, I, I would argue that Van that's Halen right. is not metal. I would argue yeah. that Van Halen is rock and roll though. I mean, the first album is one of the most, it's a brilliant album. It's not metal. <laughs> no. So, so that's okay, a whole so then, different. So, so, so based on, based on that, what would you say are like the, the pillars of, of metal culture, the pillars of metal culture? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be really well thought out cause I'm putting you on the spot here, but I like, would what say are a couple things that are like, this is a big piece of that. One of the reasons why I was so interested in coming and talking to you guys, regardless of what we talked about, whether, whether we talked about metal, whether we just talked about comic books, I believe firmly that heavy metal, Comic books, video gaming, they're subcultures. And in a lot of ways, they're underdogs. Of course, we're seeing video games now surpassing movies and sales and things like that. And now there's yeah. comic book or there's movies being made based, you know, on video games. I'm like there was a Halo movie in production. Yeah, I mean there geek, is a drivable like the, the whole kind of like the geek chic is becoming a thing. Right. Now. I mean, right. you know, if you there's people that break up with their girlfriends if they don't know what a fucking lightsaber is, right? So I think that's justified. Yeah. <laughs> there are girls who I break totally up with agree. their boyfriends for I these totally sexy agree. reasons. I mean, perfect example, your phone rang or went off and it was R2. And I immediately, there was no, it was, it was, that's ingrained in my DNA. I know what that was. Right. So, so we're talking about who you are. Exactly. The culture of metal is the uniform of metal, you know, black, you wear a lot of black, you wear tight blue jeans, you wear, or, you know, black jeans, or, I mean, I don't have a lot of color in my wardrobe primarily because I don't like it, but you know, there is, you know, <laughs> I work in a professional, I work in the professional world. So when I go to work and I'm in front of clients, I'm wearing, you wouldn't recognize me as a metalhead. I have no tattoos, but so that's part of the culture is the way that we dress, but it's also the way that we, we all have this sense of being an underdog because of the type of music we listen to, which you really have to get to get it, you know, and there's a brotherhood there, a sisterhood, brotherhood. There's, you know, you see other metalheads and you may not necessarily like even the same particular bands as them, but there's, you know, there's a kinship there because we've all sort of, none of our music gets played on the radio. There's, I mean, in all the iterations of MTV today, I got an hour on Saturdays at midnight. (laughs) Headbangers and Ball. Headbangers Ball. Oh, that's and, right. yeah. you know, I was just watching a documentary about It was this. hosted by, for the longest time, this, this, you know, Ricky Rackman, who may have been the biggest metal fan in the world, but he was also sort of, he was just the most effeminate guy. <laughs> and when you think about metal, like, you just want, you know, I mean, I want somebody up there that's like me, you know? Like, <laughs> so, and Ricky Rackman, don't get me wrong, great guy. I think he's probably lived the, the life that many of us dream of, but. So again, you know, this under, you're sort of like, you know, a little bit of an underdog and then sort of in the culture, there's, there's, I think there's a language to, to, to a certain extent, maybe not necessarily, but I think there's a relation. A lot of times a head nod is really just what's up, dude. You yeah. Know? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, like you can say dude 45 different ways and it all means something different. It's like that came from <laughs> us. I think, you know, Oh, like, that reminds me there was, there was this snow. time there was this. So what? It's like the Eskimos in the snow. It's metalheads and dude. Yeah, yeah, right. There's, you know, exactly. 45 different. Right? Well, I can remember we, well, I was I was on a skate trip with a friend of mine and we would just finished skating and might have even very well been listening to metal in the car. And we're 
hungry. So we're driving down the street. We were in Yuba City in California, Ooh. right? <laughs> and don't even get me started in Yuba City. <laughs> and and uh, and we're driving down the street. And I look at him. I'm like, "Hey, dude!" And he goes, "Dude." And I, I look over at this red robin and kind of point my head at it and go, dude. And he goes, dude. And I go, dude. <laughs> like, we had entire conversations like, like that. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's like such, it's like a perfect like Californian <laughs> metalhead sort of like oh, yeah. moment. <laughs> um, so I don't know, really, to reiterate, I think it's, you know, being a slight underdog, being in, into something that people don't understand, maybe sure. it's very intimidating. And so it's the type of music that, you know, again, I think you have to get. I also think that a lot of metalheads more than, and perhaps this is just my, this is my perspective on it, obviously, but I think there's more, more metalheads that are actually musicians than perhaps pop listeners that are musicians. Right. So a lot of it isn't necessarily this. There's no secret to it for us. We understand it, you know, because we play it. So mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. So the wardrobe, which isn't necessarily obviously for everybody, the same for everybody, right. but then sort of the brotherhood of listening to the same kind of music and knowing that not a lot of people listen to it. So you kind of hang on to that a little bit. So you're looking for movies that represent that. Yeah. So, and you know, and, and having, Little to no representation in the in in any real sense in the in the movie industry for right. the most part. Though there are some real gems out there, which I think we'll you know once we start talking about it, we'll talk. Right. About yeah. It. So what's um? Why don't we why don't we take just uh, one more quick musical break and then we're gonna actually jump into our list. You know, I actually thought you had a vacuum cleaner next to you. Oh, really? Because that's what I would have done. I would have been like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all sound bites. Yes, all sound. Uh, We went through like 10 or so different vacuum Yeah, I looked really hard to find that vacuum Uh, sound. Uh, It's just right. You stuck with the Dyson Pet vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a good sound to it. All right.